Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of the OG Ops Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Henderson. I'm joined by your co-host, Brandon Redlinger. Good morning. Good afternoon. Actually, it depends on when you're listening to it, but it's morning for us. <laughs> it is the first time we've ever recorded an episode in the morning. Exactly. 55 episodes into recording the podcast, the first one we've ever done in the morning. We'll um, see how it goes. I know. I'm actually a little nervous about it. Like my 4 p.m. energy and my 10 a.m. energy are pretty, pretty <laughs> two wildly different things. And I'm, I'm a little, I know I'm gruff in the 4 p.m. So I can't say like I'm a little more gruff in the morning because somebody will call me out on that. But I am. So like, I think you're always going to be salty, man. Like, yeah. It's, it's Jordan. I wake up with high sodium content. Exactly. You know, to, uh, and then it stays salty all day. We are joined today by a guest, David Taub from ESUB. David. Do you want to say hi? Is it you? Well, I don't know if there's more like more to the name of it's ESUB. I don't know if there's I more like ESUB, ESUB like... platform technologies or whatever it is. But anyways, David, do you want to say hi? No, thanks, Jordan. Thanks, Brandon, for having me. I'm the Director of Revenue Operations and Enablement at ESUB Construction Software. That usually helps because otherwise people... We are actually See, I... ESUB, but we go by ESUB Construction Software. We're a project management form built for the construction trade. I can go into a whole spiel, but you can no, skip that. Our skip that. I, I want to tell you, yeah, whatever. We're not. <laughs> ESOB ain't sponsoring anything. Let's hear about you. So you lead revenue operations over the director of revenue operations. I'm director of revenue op- operations and enablement. So I like to throw that little mm, enablement. And on enablement. There. I like oh, that. You got to yeah. you, you have that enablement title on there. Yeah, so, good on you. Yeah, no, I think it's it's a very interesting role. I'm a one-man band over at ESOB. Mm. And I've been in this role for coming up on three years and really have, you know, done the, I guess, like the quintessential rev ops, you know, to go in, audit everything that, that's been happening and then kind of break different parts of the funnel down, different processes, different technologies, and kind of try to put them all back together and have everyone working off the same thing, working the same way. You know, making sure communication and feedback is moving throughout the entire company. So, little Swiss Army nice. knife across everything. Nice. I think that'll be super. Uh, I think a lot of people listening are that person sitting in that role that are. It's lonely on the island, you know. So that's our sweet spot. I've been on that island. It's a lonely place. More lonely in my office of one as well too, because we're a distributed company. So we don't we don't have an office or anything. We are all over the country. And yeah, I think Mexico. I think we have a couple people in Mexico. Wow. That's awesome. Going in, no, all right. Yeah, yeah. Going international. <laughs> the big, yeah. It was Anna Aldred that was like, no, not international. It's Canada. Like, yeah, that's international. Yeah, that's kind of the same thing. Heads yeah. up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my, favorite, my favorite thing. Anyways, okay, cool. So you've been at ESUB for three years. You're one man RevOps shop. What are you working on? What are you working on right now? Well, my main focus, and I think this might resonate with a lot of companies, is filling the funnel, what we can do to drive more top of funnel, which essentially, you know, in marketing speak is how do we put more MQLs in the funnel and how do we drive the funnel conversion of those MQLs through sales qualified opportunity to close? And ultimately, how do they, once they become closed, how do we replicate the good clients that become closed and push new ones into the funnel and do it all over again. Yep. Got it. So it's essentially you're looking at a couple of different things. One is how do we drive more volume 
of things, right? Just sheer volume piece. The second half of that being, how do we make sure that volume ties back to what are good customers, right? So it's actually sort of driving towards your ICP. And then this is like three projects, by the way, I'm breaking this out to three projects because this is the, the, <laughs> the, what you said was way too broad. So project one is sheer volume. Project two is, is ensuring the volume. There's a quality component to that. Project three would essentially be actually like tracking the conversion points of the funnel and making sure you're filling any holes that are popping up. And that's actually probably partially operations, but also partially leveraging your enablement piece. That end enablement at the end. It, of it's, a lot of the, it's a lot of the enablement. It's a lot of coaching. It's a lot of to steal from Chris Orlov. It's a lot of disqualification with reckless abandonment. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I mean, it's, you know, cause you can only fill the funnel from what I'm seeing in, in so many ways. And if you really want to just like turn it into hyperdrive, it takes money. And sometimes you throw mm -hmm. money at things and you don't always get the quality that you want to see when you have that money. It takes a long time to do demand generation and ABM light. And sometimes, you have to move faster than that. And, yeah. And we're kind of in that mode right now where we've got to grow. We've got to grow the funnel a little faster than what we can do with, you know, the dark funnel and social selling yeah. and, and things like that. So, you know, it's a, it's so a you're, challenging. You're, you're hitting the podcast circuit, getting your name out there, <laughs> trying to right. gener generate some top of funnel on the podcast circuit. Yeah. Like our construction audience is I was just going to say, I, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm hoping that worry. all four project managers in construction that listen to you guys <laughs> might want to. Dude, you, know. you don't even know. You guys, your sellers are about to have to turn away business is what's <laughs> happening. Yeah, uh, I think they would feel incredibly happy if they're. I can't believe you just said four project managers. I have, a, I have never been so insulted on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, because I know there's, there's got to be at least four or 5,000 listeners. So, you know, I'm taking a 1% stab at that yeah. for, for construction audience. Yeah. By the way, th that's not the most insult I've ever been. A couple of weeks ago, Brandon made a reference to the best, <laughs> the best RevOps guy yeah. I ever worked with. And it wasn't and it me. Wasn't, yeah. And Brandon and I worked together for like two years and hosted a <laughs> podcast together. I was like, Brandon's worked with other RevOps people. <laughs> I didn't know. I honestly didn't know. It hurt. It, it still hurts. It still it, hurts. Honestly, he's a marketing ops guy that actually knows sales ops really well. So he's more of a marketing ops guy. Well, he, yeah, well, I'm, we'll see. I'm, I'm a sales been, ops guy that that fake is the marketing ops have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 There you go. I mean, that, that's kind of how all RevOps folks come to be, right? Like we come yeah, from yeah, exactly. one, or, one the or the other. Yeah. And even even mine is like, I was a VP of sales and then shifted back to ops and then up. And so it, it's just always comes from one branch of the other. Like you have similar, to. Yeah, similar path, head of sales for a, for a company that I actually jumped yeah. back into an IC role before moving into this. So there you go. It was a, nice. it was a little bit of a, Let's take a step back to take a step forward. So. Yeah, exactly. So two projects here that I think we could talk about that would be fun. Uh, one is RevOps in top of funnel, which could be fun. And the other is filling, well, making sure your funnel doesn't have a shitload of holes. It's a, pardon my French, but that's sort of <laughs> the other one, right? That, that's it's, the other project. And, and it's about moving I think people both through the funnel, right? Like get them in yeah. the funnel, then move them through the funnel. Making sure they stay in the funnel. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like which, which, yes, moving them through the funnel requires they stay in the funnel. So however you want to phrase <laughs> that, whatever. Yeah, they can't. You can't move through a funnel if you're not in a funnel. But which one do you want to? It's your consultant call, man. What do you want to know? What do you want to know? I mean, let's. What should we talk through? I think we should talk through the you know the moving through the funnel and some nice. of the you know that's, some of that's the, the one how to avoid how to avoid revenue leak. 
yeah, and how, yeah. To, and how to how to really ask people or ask your prospects you know how to, you know are these the right people that you want to even be talking to like you know the definition of an of our icp is this the icp client that we want moving through or are we going to run into the end and we're going to be like we're going to get blindsided because they they went a completely different direction because we just didn't do our we didn't do the job we needed to do so yeah well you so, have so, your icp great yeah great so that's step. that's actually that's actually where i would start right so I can't do I can't do funnel analysis, conversion rate analysis, like the things I would want to do to make sure a funnel is working appropriately without being a certain level of confident that the people in going into the funnel are the right people, right? Otherwise, my analysis is inherently flawed. Right people, and, right companies. Yeah, right. and so I guess that's the first question: is how confident are you in your definition of your ICP, and how confident are you people going into the funnel fit that definition? You know, for probably 80% of what goes into eSub's funnel, I'm highly confident that they fit into our ICP. Okay. And do, do you, so the first half of the question was, is your ICP the right thing? How confident yeah. are you in your ICP? Okay. We're highly confident. That was, right that, there. That, yeah. was, that was a convicted yeah. yes. Okay. Yeah. I love yeah. that. No, I mean, you know, eSub's been around for coming up on 15 years. We're, a, we're an interesting mm. company. We are a series B company for, you know, where we are in our, our life cycle. However, we are kind of in what we call a restart, like a restart up phase. We're building a brand new ground up, you know, totally brand new coded platform, new champion product, the hopefully what we believe would be the most technologically advanced product in the construction market space. You know, yeah, for project Which, management. There's other people that do stuff with lasers and drones and all kinds of stuff. We're not doing any of those things, but yeah, yeah. And we have we've spent. I spent four months, you know, in in late 2020, early 2021. It took took a while of just really honing down on looking at our client base and where, and and I had the advantage of having a client base. Some people don't have those, but looking at our client base and saying who's our best clients, who turns the least, you know, who seems to get the most usage out of yep. out of ESUB, the most value. And then, you know, handing that off, well, handing it off to myself and <laughs> working with our marketing team to build the right type of go-to-market message that drove the same looking clients. And we've had a, we're a narrow focus company because we only work with certain types of construction people. So we already had a somewhat of an ICP drawn out even from the day that the system was built and it was founded. Yeah. What we, so you, you, what we you've did got, we did, uh, you've got like decades of ICP data ready and locked in. So the, the confidence in that is very high, but now since you're building, you know, like a whole new thing, you're in your restartup phase, which I think a lot of people are, I've seen a lot more companies like that. Like I just, we just mentioned Ann Albert, I think like Bridget would probably be in that category. It's like a 20 year old company, but kind of like re-entering its startup phase. So that leaves you like still trying to then do like funnel analytics, building RevOps, things that are really brand new, even though it's a, you know, 30 year old company. Yeah. I mean, it, it's rebuilding sales methodologies. It's yeah. rebuilding, you know, making yeah. sure that, especially with a new product that is coming out in pieces, you have to be really, really tight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Who you, so what you're solving for. 
Yeah. So let's let's go through. So let's keep pulling this thread on the uh, the funnel, the pipeline. So we confident in ICP. Eighty percent of the people entering the pipeline in general are within the ICP, which I think uh, is pretty good. Like it could be better, but eighty percent is better than most companies are going to say. Yeah. yeah, I'm not I'm not really upset about that. That it's certainly accurate enough that the data analysis that we would do moving forward will be helpful. So let's talk through your buyer's journey. So now. You know, we're not solving top of funnel right now. What we are solving is leaks. And so buyer converts on a demo request form on your website or pricing request form. What happens? What's the, like, where do they go? So we're, we have a heavy tech stack for a smaller company. So, uh, all right. Oh, actually, actually, so this is a good question. I don't want to talk about tech stack yet. This is important. Okay. I want to, I want to talk about, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, because we, we'll get there. What I, first thing I would want to do is I want to know who it goes to. Teams, oh, personnel, we route, staffing. Yeah, we route to our, we have full cycle reps. We don't have SDRs or nice. we don't. Okay. So they route to a, a territory owned full cycle rep. So sales nice. executive is what we call them. Just a full on seller from, yep, nice. Okay, yep. cool. So that's- 1997, well, that's what we have. That's, we hey, that's, <laughs> it's a it's construction, so it's relationship-based sales in a lot of ways. So I assume that you sort of have to do that, right? Uh, you know, we're a slightly more transactional sale. And that's driven by our ICP and, you know, comparatively to maybe the construction companies you've heard of that, you know, take a lot longer to do things. We work on the lower end of the market. So it's a fast moving sale. Sometimes it's a a first or second technology purchase for people, but we're routing them to, you know, to a full cycle seller that is going to, and I struggle with this. We're going to run an intro disco. To begin, We're got not it. Gonna yeah. just throw yeah. them into it. So they get kicked to the lead. They get, they do they schedule that? Or do they just call them out of the blue? To set, they just do a thirty minute discovery call. So that's where the tech comes in. So we use a lead routing system. Okay. Allow. So we use Chili Piper. Yeah. Uh, nice. and, and so we seventy five percent of the people book a time right on the when they click that you know schedule a demo get a demo button. We have a lot of moving parts. Our, our salespeople have learned that it's probably best to call ahead and try and do a, a quick, basically like a, a quick disco before that time. People don't show up. We do have, I guess we have leakage there in people who just you know, book a demo and never show up. So mm-hmm. we definitely try and get a hold of somebody and, and find some things out. One, project management means a lot of things to a lot of people. We want to make sure that even though you might be ICP, you might not be looking for exactly what we do. Yep. You might want what Bridget does. Or- so they do, somebody comes in, they get kicked to a full cycle sales rep. First thing they do is they probably do like a quick phone call, it sounds like. And then they, they've they they've already booked a 30-minute discovery call through Chili Piper yep. uh, 75% of the time, which is great. That's a super high number. I, I mean, think the there's disc- opportunity there. I think yeah, yeah, there for sure. Well, we're we're just okay, we're mapping okay, through okay. the process. We're just <laughs> we got to get this all laid out on paper before we. This, before this is we actually dive really, in. Okay. No, this this is an important note because it's all we're creating processes, right? And mm-hmm. so when you do this, it's actually much better and easier, and you'll find you'll have more success when you go to do an analysis like this, if you work through the entire process mapping first before you start to dive into problem solve at any given point, yeah, because yeah, otherwise totally. you get distracted and you don't get to the later things, right? So just take your time 
get through we're gonna map out the staffing we're gonna map out the journey and and i know you're gonna see like oh we gotta solve that like no there's gonna be a time and a place for that there's gonna be a time and a place for that and you gotta be patient with me we're gonna get there <laughs> i was um, reacting to you going that's pretty good i was like i yeah, don't know yeah, yeah, whatever whatever whatever, whatever. <laughs> we're going okay okay so discovery and then you guys go to demo what's your sale like just what are the sales steps after that so we're on a 45 minute intro because we struggle with the, do they want to see the demo? Do we want to do an intro? Like, so we actually, that first meeting typically we schedule 45. Sometimes we have 45 minute intros. Sometimes we have 25 minute intros. We learn what somebody is looking for. And if we have time, they will usually go into the, the AEs will go in or sales execs. They'll go into a, like a high level demo. Okay. So we'll, we'll show some people. So, so next is demo for sure. All right. And then after demo, like what, so we do, you show some pieces on that then you go to like a full demo. I'm sure. It's, yeah. Then we'll, then we'll usually yeah. bring in, we call them strategic consultants. They're our implementation team. We don't have SEs. We use the implementation people because they're the ones living in the system all day. They come in, yeah. they'll do it. I like dive. that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Called lean, um, lean restartup. Okay. So they do, they come in for the demo and that, and then demo happens. And then I assume there's like, scoping calls or how to, what, what happens from there? So it goes two ways. Typically there might be a secondary demo where we pull more people in. So a lot of times we might be talking to like above the user or, you know, the actual user and we've got to bring in VPs or C-level people. Sometimes we're talking to C-level people or VPs and we got to pull the users in. So it's rare that we get, you know, all three to five people on one call right away. Sometimes we get the owner who's the decision maker, who's also living the other personas that we sell to because we're they're a smaller company. Those are quick deals. Sometimes secondary demo. Most of the time it is, we'll move into kind of like a proposal phase. We will start to work through some numbers. We will put that information in front of them. Not always a, a formal type of thing, there's obviously a lot of, there's some qualification that goes into that step again of who else are you looking at and things like that. But we're going to, it is a somewhat of a price driven and value driven type of sale. You know, we're not yep. the low cost leader and we're not the most expensive thing out there. So sometimes we're the first people they look at, sometimes we're the last, but a lot of times we're trying to determine what's most important to them and do we solve for that. And we'll push as hard as we need to with mm -hmm. various triggers based on exactly what those, if we feel like we're meeting their needs. Yeah. And then after proposal, I assume procurement then done. Yeah. Right? I mean, most construction companies are pretty low tech in that way. You know, so usually yeah. it's standard, you know, agreement, read, sign, and then it's off into implementation. Cool. Okay. All right. So I think that maps out. So your people come in the funnel, quick call discovery, demos, proposals, contract implementation, full cycle rep manages the whole thing. The only other individual involved, the strategic consultant comes in for the demo to help sort of lead that piece of the process. So you do have actually two people involved in most deals in some way, shape or form. Yeah. Um, and then sometimes we'll pull executive leadership in. Yeah. Executive sponsorship. Oh, yeah. Yep. 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 But that's like an optional, not required part of the buyer's journey. Okay. So then let's go through. So then the first thing I would do is say, great, that all makes sense. Feels good about that tech stack that supports it. So most of this, I assume is just like Zoom calls for the most part, right? Like almost all Zoom. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. You have Chili Piper for booking the first call. What's your, what's your marketing platform for the top of the funnel? Like Marketo, uh, HubSpot. 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 Cool. Yeah. Do you have HubSpot? They come in through HubSpot, kick through Lean Data or Chili Piper into Salesforce, books the time, already sends the Zoom out. And then everything essentially after that is Zoom and then probably some like proposal software like DocuSign or something. And not even that? Uh, yeah, not even DocuSign? Oh. No, no, well, I thought you were going to go like Proposify or PandaDoc. No, we're no, not. Yeah, no, no. All uh, automated, automated Adobe sign built into Salesforce. Got it. Okay, yeah. cool. Got it. All right. So, and by the way, so the reason I would map this out like that is what I'm looking for is I'm just doing a buyer's journey map to see where in my process I have holes from a support standpoint. So basically what I want to say is here's the journey right? And the journey is like your sales process in general. I yeah. know we call it buyer's journey and it makes it feel buyer centric, but really it's your sales process is what you're forcing them to do. <laughs> my, it's my um, process, not their process. Right, right. It is. Like, family, like you keep trying to, you, hat on. yeah. And everybody will say, you meet them where they are. I say it all the time, but like, it's your best effort to meet them where they are. At the end of the day, they still kind of have to follow your process because things have to happen in a certain way. So, but then from there I would go, okay, great. Is this supported by people, Right are the people in place that need to be to, to actually do all this. I don't see any big gaps in yours. It sounds, I, I actually, by the way, I love the idea of full cycle sales reps. Like, great. Like that, that's, it makes it so much easier to minimize that one handoff. Right. So you go, it, typically people go marketing to SDR, SDR to AE, and then, you know, implementation or strategic comes in at some point in demos. And, and that's just one extra handoff that can cause risk. And so you don't have that. So you don't have a lot of, handoff risk that occurs here we did um, we used to that was one yeah. of the things we that was a that was a fix when i took one, of the, one had, of the reasons you did that i assume yeah we had sdrs that handoff was really jarring <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. And, so yeah so on the fix what's your speed to lead look like for your, your strategic consultants because that would be my one concern with having full cycle sales reps is typically they're they're so busy that speed to lead suffers I think our speed to lead is a little long and it's, it's a day, day and a half, depending Ooh. on, yeah, depending not... on, I should say it is dependent on lead source. Certain lead sources, we have some speed to lead issues. We're working to fix that. We're, we're is it a process more, thing? It's, it's a just, time thing. It's a time. Yeah, it's, it usually is when it's full cycle sales reps because they just They're not have... just sitting around waiting for leads to come in. Cause yeah, they're they've got five it. days of our booking book meetings yeah. and it's just tough for them. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it is the one thing that we looked at and I fell over cause it used to be like five days. It was really bad. <laughs> I mean, um, you're, you're moving in the right direction. And by the way, like obviously every lead is not created equal for anybody listening to this. When, if you are thinking about doing something like full cycle sales reps or, or even uh, one of the things that I, I've recommended companies do is say, I don't want you to do full cycle sales reps for everything, but for demo requests and pricing requests straight to the sales reps, right? For inbounds, well, absolutely, 100%. Except for not, no, not inbounds because webinars. I don't want webinars to go to my sales reps, right? Like, well, it, it, sure, inbound hot, demos. Hot leads, like, hot leads, right? Hot yeah, leads, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like separate that out and that's the ones I really care about and then still track speed delete. And David, for you, I would say like, go fix speed delete, but first fix the four sources and make sure the four that have the highest conversion rates to closed one are the ones you're focusing on. Right. Cause you're and, just not. And those, and those are the fast ones. So, nice. so, uh, you know, demo request, pricing request, trial request, because we actually run a sales assisted product led motion and are paid. I actually call, I, I don't say paid ad. That's not an area, but 
a like paid Gartner, paid G2, paid like mm. stuff, you yeah. know, review sites. Those are under a day. Those are usually, those are hours, which I think unfortunately is still long, but we've also got like trade shows and webinars that, you know, drive that number up chat requests that come through call-ins, things like that. Uh, yeah. We actually still get people that call us wanting to know more about our system and everything. So Brandon might know it off top of his head because he's a nerd like this, but there's whatever is called the golden window of speed to lead response. I think it's the first 15 minutes. Your conversion rates are like 40x higher or some crazy number like that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it d- yeah. depends on yeah which which source you look at, but... The, the you like, did, did, did you like that I gave you a nice compliment while insulting you? Like, yeah, yeah, thanks. The whole time. Right, yeah, yeah. Just, just, just always, so you know. Always, yeah. yeah. Hey, like I you, were, my, you I, I should have worn my sales nerd hat because I actually yeah, know what nice. that is. So, yeah. uh, it's like 30 minutes. Like if you're not yeah. talking to someone in the first 30 minutes, you're, you plummet yeah. like 100 plus percent. And if you're not the first person they talk to, exactly. a lot, especially in the yeah. type of sale we have, you're like, yeah. Negative four hundred percent to win. So, that. so I'm and, the, and by the way, I'm like thinking of this like a layer cake, right? First layer we yep. did was map it out. Second layer is the personnel. So the only other piece of the personnel that I see is potential risk here because that one we've talked about. I think that's an opportunity for improve that you've already identified. But you know that one, that one I actually think could move the needle pretty far for you. The second one would actually be I just want to make sure the strategic consultants they're doing the implementations too. Is it the same one? We are. In most cases, trying to have whoever does the demos also do the implementation okay. with them. And that was yeah. the whole reason we did yeah, it. Yeah, I was going to say, it I needs think, 100% to be that, right? Like I can't take any credit for that. That was our CEO who, who used to be a GM for a big company. And he's like, if we're going to use the strategic consultant to do the demos or do a chunk of high-level technical demo, we need to try and make sure that is the exact same person that is. Yeah. We don't have a lot. We've got four. Like it's not a not a huge amount. So, you know, they're in various places, so we can usually make it work. And they are doing that on the new sale side. They're doing restart they're doing kickoff and restart stuff for, you know, existing clients. So but it's ninety percent of the time it's the same person that did the demo that's also doing the implementation. Nice. That's awesome. So that's my only other thing on the personnel, Brandon. Any questions on the personnel? Not on the personnel, no. I, uh, I, you're you're ready to get to the next layer, aren't you? You're ready. Yeah, to... I'm like itching on, on talking like tech. I want to know processes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, so which, which sounds like you're you're in a pretty good shape. Like, yeah, you have your lead routing, you have your lead assignments, you have your scoring. Or actually, we didn't we didn't talk scoring. Do do you do lead scoring? We do. Very good. We actually Very... we implemented it about six months ago. It was one of the reasons we moved to HubSpot. Nice. It's, some level of, we had Marketo prior when I started in this role and when I came to the company. And you moved lost, to HubSpot? What What is going on? All right. Uh, we lost a lot of the people that oh, knew okay. Marketo well. And, and if you don't know Marketo well, it's a little bit of a dumpster. It, it's harder. Yeah, yeah. It, it's yeah, harder for sure. It's a little bit more. Small, uh, yeah. It's also, we, have, we use a fair amount of Adobe stuff. I'm not here to bash on any company. Yeah. Adobe, yeah. Adobe is not my favorite vendor to work with. So yeah. it was yeah. it was not a hard decision to say we're going to move. to. Well, you're a team of one and HubSpot is easy. Like that's and, just and the reality. We brought in some marketing people who knew HubSpot better. So it made yeah. more yeah. sense. So we let's, let's... A, so say we have a consultant that knows HubSpot well on our Salesforce consulting team. So it made that mm. life real easy as well. Nice. So let's... Uh, 
So tech stack, I think you're fine. I also think you sell to construction folks. The tech is probably not like the pinnacle of the world. I'll probably get chastised by the four project managers who listen to us for that. But uh, let's talk conversion rates. I think that's where Brandon wants to get is is sort of numbers through the funnel. Because we already talked about one, uh, actually two of them. So 80% of people are your ICP. Like obviously, I think that's good. I do think there's opportunity there for you know more dialed in marketing to get that a little bit higher. It should be like 95% because 80% of 80% being ICP tells me that you have a low SAL rate, which SAL rate should be like 95%, right? Like sales accepted leads, right? 90, it should be like 95%. Everything marketing throws over the fence. Sales should be like, thank you for sending over. If it's not, the marketing targeting needs to be fixed. And that would be probably part of that top of the funnel. Yeah. And, and that's not, I would say that 80% is recent. The number was probably closer to 90, 95. You guys, you guys tried to increase volume. And as a result, you got some extra junk. Now you need to redial in those ads. Yeah. Yeah. We've turned on a spigot and, and the spigot is a lot of paid, a lot of paid Google, paid LinkedIn. And unfortunately, which it takes a long time to dial those in. It does. It's just slow. So that, but that's an opportunity, right? Like that's So when we start looking at the conversion things, like dialing in that, continuing to dial in that, will be very, very important. And then the next piece through, and Brandon was ready to talk about this 20 minutes ago, and now we're finally here. (laughs) 75% of them are booking a demo or discovery call. They're booking a discovery call through Chili Piper. I actually think that's pretty good, but Brandon thought it was pretty bad. Brandon, I'm going to let you talk about this. Why do you think that's bad? Because ours ours is higher here, and uh, I I don't think we necessarily have anything crazy advanced setup so what what i really like about chili piper too is just like the ability to see you can have all your reports on who isn't click or who's clicking but not booking or i think there's another opportunity that you mentioned no shows it'll give you the list of all the no shows and you can actually you didn't mention do you have any sort of sales engagement platform so you can like throw them in a, a sequence or a, a cadence so that you can get those people who did not show to show back up or rebook we do. We use Zoom Info Engage because we like Zoom to be Info Engage. All right. Yeah, there you we go. like to be different. We we're real heavy into the Zoom Info like ecosystem. It Love made that. A of, made a lot of sense when I yeah. when I bought it. It still is mostly making sense. There are definitely times where I'm like, oh, I should just pay zoom, more for it, something else. But the it, Zoom it, Info it's ecosystem, it's yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty strong as much as they are often annoying to do business with. But, I've been more annoyed recently with Zoom Info than me too. It's, yeah, yeah. Like, I like their tools. I generally do, but so often the people that I'm talking to over there just annoy me constantly. And well, it's almost sales. like they're, they, just, they're just pushing. They're just that's pushing. hundred percent right. They care just, more about closing deals than actually helping their customers at this point. It's which so is annoying. It, it's crazy. They're they're a juggernaut. They're just this publicly traded company. Same with G2. G2 really thing. Just calm down. Just calm down. <laughs> yeah. I've, been really, I've, been, I've been very lucky to have a very good working relationship with the people at Zoom Info. My AM, who I've worked with since I started in this role, she actually just got promoted. Oh, nice. Congratulations to her. But And the person who my new AM and, and my CSM, there are a lot of people there that sometimes it does make it's like, okay, who am I working with? Yeah. But yeah. My new, yeah, it, my it, new, I will say there's been a couple that I, that I really liked there. My so, new AM, Kristen she, and Scott, she, they were awesome. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Caitlin's good. And we actually, funny thing, Will sold our deal. So we still talk to Will over there a lot about various things, you know, with, Sorry, we're, we're, we're spiraling. We're spiraling. I got to yeah, pull we're us going back. Off, so we're so, so <laughs> I feel good about that. By the way, 
what's your well actually one of the pieces if you have a high no-show rate it sounds like you have a pretty good process in place to like try to rebook those which is good i'd also always for anybody listening i'm sure you have done this already david but i would always go look at what's my pre-booked like between booked meeting and meeting occurring what am i doing to make sure they actually show up like show text up messages, exactly text messages yeah. day of are a hundred percent required if you're not doing that you're missing an opportunity to eliminate your no-show rate so and i'm david I'm, i know you so i know you're doing that i have no doubts whatsoever <laughs> that this is more for the audience make sure you're doing that because i'm surprised at how many companies aren't and if you have time booked with somebody it is a hundred percent okay to text them, hey, so we have time booked today, looking forward to meeting, as well as reminder the day before with email, whatever, right? We leverage Chili Piper for that. So yeah, you can automate email. it. Yeah, it's yeah, automated. Yeah. We do text and email. We do yeah. day prior, day of, hour before, and minute before in various in, in yeah. email. We, we do so, both. And then I so mentioned the sales exec calls anyway, usually day of, just to confirm. Right. Yeah, which oh, is nice. great. They give them a yeah. call. All right, look at that. Yeah. But yeah, the other thing that we're doing too, that we just started doing that's helping is actually, it is an executive alignment place where our executives, our head of sales, our CEO will even reach out on LinkedIn and just say, hey, notice you booked some time with us. Uh, let me know if there's anything I can do to help, right? So it's just like that extra touch. They're not going to be on the call or sometimes our head of sales might be on the call, but just having an executive actually reach out and send a personalized message on LinkedIn, you know, yeah. small touches like that, like matter. Yeah. yeah. So, so uh, at this point, we our CEO has dove into that. We've literally handed him people. Oh, and nice. like, Can you call there these you guys? And he is. Sometimes we give him. Oh, the he's notion. even calling. We uh, are. Yeah, we're a very phone-heavy company. Like, is the nice. email is not. And you know, we have metrics around how many calls and all the top of funnel stuff for you know. All right, like, come back, come back. We're spiraling again. We got to get back yeah. to the topic. <laughs> all killing me right now. You're killing me. So we've got top of funnel sealed up. We've got entering all the way down to discovery sealed up. We've eliminated the no-show rate the best we can. We've created a rebooking process. So we're driving to discovery and we feel real good about our funnel so far. All the leaks are plugged. For each, now, next thing I want to know is, and I, again, I feel good about the people. I feel good about the tech. I feel good about the process. So next thing I want to know is where are we losing people because I want to solve it with process and enablement. So for, do you have conversion rates set up for each stage to each stage? Yes. Got it. And everybody right. listening, do that. We don't have to do your conversion rates. So we don't have, I'm not going to make you read your stage to stage <laughs> conversion rates for me. But that's like, of course, a, an important thing for everybody listening is you should know how many people go from discovery to demo and from demo to proposal and proposal, so on and so forth, right? Because it's going to help you both identify if, if somebody's falling off consistently between demo and proposal, something is likely going wrong with your demo process, right? And that means there's probably some training you can do to fix that. There might be some operational process things you can do to improve that. There might be follow-up that's not happening, but that gives you sort of a narrow window into where in your funnel there is a hole. So you can go then do some deeper diving. So really quick, really quick. Uh, the other things that I'm looking at besides just conversion, volume, velocity, and then value as well, right? Yeah. So like those are the four things that I look at, value, volume, velocity, and conversion throughout the funnel. And then I'm looking at it over time to see where the changes are. And then that's how you really dig into the funnel and you can see where the opportunity is, where things getting, either they're getting stuck or they're falling off, right? So not just about conversion rates for me. Don't tell me, Jordan, yeah. all about conversion rates. Well, there's so, more to it than just conversion rates. Well, conversion <laughs> rates are important. My next, yes, my, next sure. sort of, my next sort of piece is I actually look at velocity, I think maybe a little yeah, okay, there you go. differently. 
because I think people have a weird pipeline velocity like formula that they share that people have told me about before. I just look at age of stage, like average age of deals in each stage. I don't need to know whatever that like mathematical pipeline velocity thing is. What what helps me is able I want to pull up a list of my stages and say which one has all of them are eight days except for stage, you know, demo is 118 days. Like what? Like that, yeah, that's where, that's where, then you'll see that. Be like, okay, that's where I'm getting stuck. And that's, it's not a hole per se, because they haven't fallen out of your funnel, but it is because they I should have. And stuck. that's messy yeah. pipeline. They're stuck there. It hasn't moved past. Right. And, and like that, there you go. There's a thing to fix. So it is. A yeah. That's, that's exactly what I mean. Yeah. By, yeah. Yeah. By, yeah. By velocity yeah. too. And a lot of, a lot of, I'm actually surprised at how many people I talk to still who don't actually timestamp stage changes. Like oh, simple things. I was going to say, if you simple don't have thing. it turned on in the lead statuses, turn on your lead status history and turn on your opportunity stage. Yeah, exactly. Because it's not a, it's not something that's turned on in at least Salesforce. I don't know about HubSpot, but we turned those on when we did our lightning renewal or our lightning upgrade back in like 2018. So our data goes back now almost six years. So we can, there you go. we didn't have yeah. it prior to that, but yeah. You can either do it then, or they say the best time was to do it, you know, 10 years ago or do it right now. So literally exactly. just go do it right now. <laughs> like, yeah. And sales managers, even sellers, like good sellers like the report, you can automate the reports then and say, hey, this opportunity is stale. Like it just helps you keep track of your pipeline hygiene too. I love that stuff. Yes. You, you have to and, do it. And I'm so, big on, I'm, I'm big on age like you. I don't look very hard at how long something is necessarily in a stage. I have technology that does that for me and yeah. surfaces it, thankfully. But I care more about if you are multiple times outside of the normal age of a deal that we close, yes. yeah. Yeah. I'm going to tell you, you better have a really strong reason of why this is still open. Otherwise, close it out and just run it task. You don't need to keep an opportunity open that's not going to go anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And then to the other points, like I would break these down because I think I wouldn't look at, I I don't necessarily look at like value segment, that sort of thing as a standalone. The way I would look at those is like enterprise by conversion rate, enterprise by age of pipeline, right? SMB by, I would incorporate that, those two other sort of things into this same analysis, but make sure you're also tracking all of that at the same level. So you can then separate, okay, great. I have, everything is getting stuck on demo. Let me see what that looks like for SMB, mid-market and enterprise. Okay, great. It looks like it's all enterprise that's getting stuck at demo. So we're doing fine at SMB and mid-market. I have nothing to fix there, but I need to go fix something specifically with how we're dealing with enterprise customers because that's where we're seeing fall off, right? Yeah, well, that, uh, then you're digging into the different pieces that right. go into it. Could be a source, it could be an actual rep, could be so many different things, but yeah, by being able to segment, you can really be a Yeah, you're doing, uh, we used to do these episodes called diagnostic metrics, remember? Yeah. Yes. What, what we're doing right now is we're actually just saying, here's all the things that I would want to set up. So when I realize there's a problem, I can go diagnose where that is. Exactly. And then solve the problem. And so set up your conversion rates, set up your date stamping, set up your making sure you're pushing SMB commercial enterprise, like labeling all of these things so that all of the things that are going to help you narrow down your problem later are there when you need them. So you don't have to then build the the cord or the, uh, the cart before the horse later on. So assuming you've done all that, then... And, and David, you don't have to do this, but because you, you get kind of a lucky role here and we're trying to treating it that way. But most ops folks that listen to this, 
you're going, there's a lot of this that you're going to identify gaps in technology, gaps in staffing, gaps in, in process, right, that are going to hurt this. But there's also going to be a lot of gaps in training that impact the funnel. Gaps in enablement are really, really, honestly, it's often the lion's share of what you'll find. If you have an ops person who's like doing this analysis, they probably set most of this up and they kind of have some level of confidence that the process works. And therefore, there's probably a lot of training gaps too. And training gaps, David, you obviously fill those yourself because you're the enablement person too. But for most folks, like this process should actually, I would involve the enablement team from the start. Like everything you look at, I would just share with them. Here's what I'm looking at. Here's what I'm seeing. And you'll and, and make it a collaborative process. Like, hey, from an ops standpoint, here's what I think we can do to fix this. From an enablement standpoint, what do you think we could do? And they'll have ideas. They'll, they'll want to brainstorm and collaborate with that on you. But it's it's got to be lockstep the whole way through as you're fixing this funnel because it's, it is going to be really frustrating trying to fix the funnel and plug in holes if nobody's training the sales reps on what to do. Uh, that's It's an impossible place to sit. Yeah, it's a... Uh... I'm unique in that situation, and the company ESOB itself is unique in certain situations. So yes, I've got the the operational procedural policy process. I've got the enablement coaching part of it. I have a strong. This is funny because you were in RevOps, Brandon. You were product marketing. If you're my right hand person for enablement is our product marketer. Like that, that's there we go. Other, that's her other there role. Like she does product marketing enablement. She writes cadences. She does a lot of things, you know, that we work lockstep on. In most companies, there is some level of sales management that creates the accountability for all of this stuff that ops and enablement people do. We don't have a sales manager. We our sales team actually reports to our CEO. So oh, we also. You guys are a unique little little very uh, unique, love little, unique yeah, little unicorn love over there, aren't you? Yeah. Just we also fall into we create the accountability. So we hold a lot of these steps for them. And then we measure the accountability and we just keep on you know, and one of the things I've always heard from sales reps and when I was a sales rep is I never felt like I got enough training, I never got enough mm. things. Yeah. I was very lucky to have work for a company before this that spent a lot of money on a sales training company. I've done Sandler for like 10 years. So I'm ingrained in that. So a lot of we do, I think we do biweekly trainings. We do pipeline deal debriefs once a month. Like we do a oh, lot nice. of enablement work because yeah. these guys are doing every part of the funnel. They need to just right. be like- And I, I, think that, I think that's an important thing. So like as the step to this is make sure if you have a team, particularly yours or any team, that is your core focus and core project is the funnel, like making sure that nothing is falling out of the funnel, which it, it's always going to be like a top three project, let's be honest. You should make sure you have a regular meeting cadence with your sales reps to support ongoing enablement and training and operational training for the things you're learning because you are going, it's, this is, I'm going to end the flow with, you know, this, this flow of analysis, the same way I end 95% of ops flows, which is once you've gone through this, then you're going to have to iterate and iterate and iterate and iterate and run it again, especially because new things are, new ads are going to get turned on and things are going to change in your process and new technology is going to get purchased and everything's going to change. So that's, you, you need that ongoing, to your point, David, you need that ongoing training and enablement piece that is just going to be perpetual almost about this, which is kind of the crux of the whole thing without that it all falls apart you, you can't fix anything yeah i mean and like i said there's there's so much technology out there these days too yeah. that i don't have to do a ton of that like heavy lift whether it's it's a gong or a chorus whether it's 
whether it's, you know, that is a huge one for us. You know, we're big in listening. Like our, we did training yesterday. Our training, we called it uh, rewind and review. And we just pulled calls and we're like, hey, let right. everyone listen to some calls. Yeah. And let's see what was good and what was bad. And right. And if you, if you find you're getting every deal stuck a demo, the first thing you should do is go look at, go watch five demos. See, yep. see how the demo is, right? That, that's totally possible now. That wasn't the case probably five years ago. So cool. Okay. So I'm going to take us through a quick sort of summary because we're at 50 minutes. So, so it was a meaty, it was a meaty topic. So yeah. yeah, yeah. So funnel and that let's call it funnel analysis. We we've, I think we've said like nine different ways you could call it like falls out of the funnel, like stuck in the funnel, whatever, like proceeds through the funnel funnel analysis. So first thing I would do is, uh, is your eyes, how comfortable are you with your ICP? Is it correct? Is it not? Give that a thumbs up once you've done that. And your buyer personas. Yeah, yeah, buyer personas. How confident are you that the stuff entering your funnel, the leads coming in, are within your ICP? Assuming you like your ICP, that number needs to be high. I think 95% would be a good goal for that. After that, then say I feel confident with those two things. By the way, the reason I would do that first is I don't even want to proceed with the rest of the funnel analysis until I'm comfortable with those two things because the rest of it would be like, in a lot of ways, bad data until I know that is true at the top, right? So assuming I know that's all true at the top, then I'm going to say, great, now it's time to analyze my funnel. And so I would start, I just want to map out my buyer's journey. And I call everybody calls it a buyer's journey. I'm going to keep calling it a buyer's journey. It's really your sales process in a lot of ways. You should make your sales process try to meet your buyers where they're at, but it's not always going to. And that's just, that's just the reality that we live in. And, but map it out, just map it out entirely. What does it look like from a personnel standpoint, from a process standpoint, and then from a technology standpoint and make sure you do all of that through. And I like basically like a layer and then another layer below, like making a a pound cake, right? Or layered cake where you just sort of like, here's this piece and then it's supported by this. Here's my buyer's journey and here's the person who supports it. And here's the piece of technology that supports that part of the process. That way I can sort of visually see here's where I'm missing technology. Here's where I'm missing people. Here's where I have too many people, right? It's, it makes it a very clear thing. And then once you've done that, then you, I think you're ready to actually start doing that analysis, where am I missing things? And I would start going back to the, the left-hand side of the, the sheet and go with, uh, in your instance, for, for example, speed to lead. That's a, it's a sort of a no-brainer, immediate fix. There's room for growth there for you. You've already talked about you know, hot leads versus cold leads, but you know we did a whole episode on speed to lead. By the way, you are doing lead scoring. I assume lead scoring can get played into your speed to lead factoring, should probably. And then kind of go through the whole funnel. So just making sure... The people handoffs are right. And by the way, that's a piece we didn't really talk about, but you should check if you have people handoffs. So SDR to AE, AE to SE, SE to implementation, right? That could be totally possible. Make sure you're tracking conversion rates at handoff because those might be different to your conversion rates at stage change, but equally important and more likely to cause fallout than stage change. So important to track the conversion. Bottleneck bottleneck from sales to CS is probably the biggest one that I've ever yeah. seen. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So good again, example. there's there's so many ways to make. I mean, us personally, we put everything in Salesforce. We built the entire implementation handoff into yep. what's already in nice. Salesforce. We said you got to fill all this stuff out during the process. Hey, CS, what else do you need? Let's just get that filled out or automated in there, and then yep. they don't. It, everybody's on the same page. Yep. So and then once you've done that, and that's a great example. Like handoffs can be a 
pain in the ass. And then go through, make sure you've set up conversion rates across all the rest of your funnel, both from handoffs and stages, as well as date stamping all the stages so you can see like age of different pipeline, look at value, look at velocity is the word you use. I hate that word. It's just, I just hate it so much. <laughs> value, velocity, conversion, because it's not. Velocity is like a fastball in baseball. It is not. We're not doing that. And then make sure you're partnering with your enablement team through the whole process and set up cadences to make sure that you're training the team on all the things you're changing and iterating on in real time, because there's going to be a lot of stuff that you're going to fix on the fly. And you're going to want the team to be aware of what the expectations and, and new things are for them. And, and, your, sale, and, and your sales management team, get them involved. You don't have one. You don't have well, one. I'm, I'm you don't have, you don't, most, yeah, you don't, but you don't get to say that. You don't yeah, get don't. to say that. <laughs> most companies would have somebody on the accountability side to make sure those yeah, guys are I, doing. For, so. for the most, for the most part, I would, you know, this is one of those Projects where your key stakeholders are enablement, sales managers, probably the marketing team. By the way, I would actually yep. keep the the demand gen team pretty close on this one because they have a pretty vested interest in making sure their stuff becomes closed one at the end. And I would also want their insights. So they're going to have seen things in the past that would be very helpful to you. So those would be the people I would lean on. And then at the end, just iterate, keep doing this. This should be like an ongoing thing. You should set up dashboards that allow you to quickly pop in and see the health of your pipeline. Call it a clean your room dashboard, call it a pipeline velocity <laughs> dashboard. Yeah, uh, I don't, I don't care, but you should be able to like quickly check this on a weekly basis and just try to identify, you know, where we have a hole and, and what's happening with all sorts of specific things and then maybe do a deeper dive a little more consistently than that. called a rise and uh, shine dashboard that's what we named ours rise and, there you go. <laughs> rise and wine probably anyway that's, that's what atrium named it for us so that was yeah nice <laughs> nice nice anything i missed no i mean that's you know brandon was talking about our booking rate in chili piper so just so you know our booking rate for like people who actually showed up was like less than 50% before we went to Chili Piper. So we're now, we've increased that a ton with adding Chili Piper to actually not have guys chase leads for two weeks. Cause we were literally just chasing people to book. Yeah, so now and somebody booking. follow through the cracks. I mean, we, we, we had the exact same problem. When I got here, we were around yeah, 50% too. And as soon as we implemented Chili Piper. I so I mean, difference. 75% feels can't. really good to us. This can't. This <laughs> I would can't. love it. I would say it first, but... 75% feels really good to me. And also, we can't turn this into a Chili Piper ad. No. <laughs> Until they sponsor us. Until they no, no. I heard they took everybody to Morocco like two weeks after layoffs. Oh, so there's real, real Ooh. gross to me. And so it was just, before yeah. layoffs, actually. It was so. it before. Either way, that's still yeah. just, yeah, that, that. Um, it's great. It's great technology, but that just feels yuck. I need. I need a minute to get past that for chili pepper. <laughs> it's just yeah, that it's gross. Hey, uh, <laughs> Ringley. Ringley does lead routing too. So yeah, there you go. And it's, and go. it's owned All by right. Zoom Info, so you don't have to sign a new contract. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, there you go. You have to pay it more. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway, anyways, I think that's it. I don't know. I, it, a lot of companies do that. I can't really get that mad, but it just feels yuck. Yeah, yeah it's optically gross is what it is. And I feel bad for people that get laid off. That sucks. Anyways, on that super chipper note, that is the, we're not going to do it this week on LinkedIn because we're already an hour into the podcast, long, so yeah. we're, we're past it. David, thank you for joining us this week. Brandon, good to see you as always. Audience. This is where I address you. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> if you enjoyed the episode, please give us five stars wherever you listen to podcasts. Shoot us your questions for this week on LinkedIn. Uh, we do have a website that you can go to to submit your questions or you can ping them to us directly. And uh, yeah, 
shoot your questions, feedback. And if you want to be a guest, we have a form on the website you can sign up for, and we will see everybody next week. Thanks, everybody. All right. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, everyone.